the State of Florida Sports Podcast, presented by the USA Today Network. Here's your host, Tim Walters. It's almost criminal that Thurl Ravenscroft didn't get a name credit for singing You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, in the 1966 classic How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Boris Karloff, the narrator of the famous cartoon, had his name displayed multiple times in the credits, leading many to believe he sang the deep-voiced ditty. After becoming aware of the production's oversight of omitting his name from the credits, Dr. Seuss himself called Ravenscroft and apologized profusely and later wrote letters to newspaper columnists nationwide telling them that it was Ravenscroft who provided vocals for the musical number. Ravenscroft went on to have a stellar career, most famously voicing the Frosted Flakes spokesman, Tony the Tiger. So why am I telling you all this? It's a good question. It's a jumping off point to talk about Christmas. Yes, we're a sports podcast, but we also like to break down certain non-sports events like Christmas. Besides, there's a full slate of NFL games between Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, so we'll also talk about that too. To help me out, I welcome back my good friend and amazing radio host, Mark Moses. Mark is the host of the aptly named Mark Moses Radio Show on 1560 The Fan in Brevard County, Florida. He can be heard at sportsradio1560.com and markmosesshow.podbean.com. Last year, we did a sports-like breakdown of Halloween, and we still get downloads on that episode, so go back to the archives and look that one up. Among today's Christmas topics to break down are the best movies, music, toys, and whatever else we may bring up. And as I said earlier... We'll discuss the rare Christmas weekend loaded with NFL games. Hello, everybody. I'm Tim Walters, and thank you once again for joining me on the State of Florida Sports Podcast, powered by the USA Today Network. This podcast utilizes our Florida Sports Network of beat writers, columnists, and some special guests to bring you up to speed on the most important sports topics. Our Florida Network consists of 17 news sites that encompass the state. We encourage you to subscribe to your hometown newspaper, and of course, this podcast to help support the incredible journalism done by our talented staffs. Tis the season to be jolly, fa-la-la-la-la-la-la-la-la. Okay, I promise I won't do that anymore. Stick around. This would be a good time to bring in Mark Moses, not to be confused with the actor of the same name. You might recognize his voice from the intro to this podcast. Mark, welcome back to the show. Tim, it's a privilege and an honor to be on your podcast, and I never thought I'd be the voice of this podcast this long, so I appreciate it, my kind friend. (laughs) I really do. 92 episodes, people have been hearing you. Welcome to the State of Florida Sports Podcast. I'm almost at 100. There are probably people listen who are like, man, who's that guy? And if you really want to know, he's at home playing his PlayStation 5 alone. But he's very happy if you're wondering what I'm doing in my free time. Oh, don't worry. I'll get into what kind of nerds you and I are. That's coming up. This is a Christmas episode, so that's definitely going to (laughs) happen. No problem, man. All righty. So, you know, first and foremost, you know, we're down here in very warm Florida still. Are you going up to Chicago for the holidays? Because I know you come from the frosty north. No, I think what's finally happened, Tim, is I think I'm now a Floridian. I've been here for 10 years. During vacation I have coming up, I started looking like, hey, where could I go for fun? Like, should I fly here or should I fly there? And I look at the temperatures of all these places right now. 
No, no, I'm not going into 30 degree weather with the, you know, snow possibly happening. I'll stay here in sunny Florida when it's a high of 79. If people want to come see me, they're going to have to get on a plane and come see me. That's the new rule with Uncle Mark. There you go. Well, yeah, tell your parents, get on down here. Nobody wants to stay up there right now. All right. Well, we're we're going to start here, Mark, because, uh, you know, I want to test your, your Christmas knowledge. Do you know the original title for Twas the Night Before Christmas? No, I I do not. All right. I want to clarify something. So I am Jewish. My mother's side is all Christian. So I grew up with the idea of Christmas. Like, I understand what's going on. I have seen most Christmas movies. I know most of the songs. Like, I get it. But these type of hard-hitting questions, I'm not sure I can answer. I'm going to try my best because I am a trooper for you, buddy. So I hope you know that. <laughs> well, i got to tell you, this is something only I, I only learned recently. So I've celebrated Christmas all 45 years of my life and did not know this until just recently. So I will share that it was actually called A Visit from St. Nicholas, which was anonymously published in 1823 and later attributed to Clement Clark Moore in 1837. Sounds fishy that he took credit for it like 14 years later. Is that something you would do, Mark? Write something anonymously and then step up when it's famous and be like, hey, I wrote that. Okay, so let's clarify. Twas the night before Christmas, which is a very nice, elegant type sentence to say. What is What was the original thing? What did you say? A visit from St. Nicholas. <laughs> it's like a rough draft. And then the editor took over and made it sexier. And I think they did the good job on it. Well, it's 1823. You have to think. They probably talked a lot different back then. Give him a break. It's 1823, you jerk. <laughs> That's that is. He's writing by candlelight, like dipping a, a quill into ink. I don't think I've ever done that. <laughs> so funny. We could do jokes. Uh, the Declaration of Independence. What was the rough draft? Get off my lawn. And they're like, nah, that's not going to work. Give me something better than that. They didn't have sequels back then, or they would have called it the Magna Carta 2. <laughs> exactly what it would have been. So here's another one, Mark, before we move into more hard-hitting things. Do you know the origin of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? No. Okay, see, I – okay, let's clarify this. Sometimes I'm like, are reindeers real? Yes, they are. Reindeers are real. Unicorns are not. Reindeers are a real animal. Dragons are not. Reindeers are. But I do not know the origin of Rudolph. What is it? Well, I think the story would have been a lot different if it were unicorns that Santa was having pull his sleigh. Interesting thought process there. But it was actually discovered by an ad writer or created by an ad writer for Montgomery Ward in 1938. So he, uh, do you remember Montgomery Ward, Mark? Yes. Okay. We had Montgomery Ward by me and it had electric Avenue was the electric department and they would run that song, you know, uh, electric Avenue, the song, you know, like the 70s song they'd play that. Yeah. They'd play that. And if you know your Simpsons trivia, Montgomery Ward, C Montgomery Burns is named that because the creators loved Montgomery Ward and grew up with it. That's why he's called that. Oh, that is beautiful. Well, here, before I even get to Rudolph, we used to have, it was in Coco. It was called Jefferson Ward. 
which later was changed its name to Montgomery Ward when they rebranded to the Electric Avenue. So there was a, a, a bunch of stores in South Florida and up into our area here in Brevard, and they were called Jefferson Stores. Well, Montgomery Ward bought them, and then they kept the name Jefferson but put Ward after it, and then later they combined it all into the Montgomery Ward uh, you know, name umbrella. So a lot of people might remember the one in Coco right over there by Bird Plaza, but that probably predated you by quite some time. So. Rudolph was created by a guy who worked for Montgomery Ward? Precisely. So his wife was sick and dying, and he had a four-year-old daughter who asked him, why is my mommy not like the other mommies? It also made him think of his childhood when he was sickly and scrawny and made fun of, and he wanted to write a book that showed that being different is okay. So as he was developing the book, his wife sadly passed away at Christmas, 1938. The following year... He uh, unveiled the book at a Montgomery Ward Christmas party, and people loved it. And the owner of Montgomery Ward liked it so much that he bought the rights to it uh, to help this guy get out of all the debt from his wife's medical bills. And then six years later, after this guy made a ton of money off it, he gave the rights back to the guy who wrote it. His last name was May. It was uh, Robert L. May. And within four years of getting the right ba- rights back, he was then a millionaire. So that is where Rudolph came from, thanks to the magic of Montgomery Ward. I did not know that story. That is, that's a cool one, dude. That man, it's it's like, it's like how you know Walt Disney made Mickey Mouse. It reminds me. It's just so crazy. You think I, you know what? I'll never look at Rudolph the same way. I'll always think of Montgomery Ward now. Thanks. Well, I'll give I'll give you one more in the history that I was reading on this. It almost wasn't Rudolph, Mark. His name was all almost either Rolo or Reginald. Reginald the Rudolph. Right now, see, I can't. I still say Rudolph. Reginald the Red Nose Reindeer. Reginald, not as good. I don't think no, Rolo. R O L L O. I hope there's no one named Reginald listening to this right now. It's a great name, just maybe not for a reindeer. That's my opinion. On the subject. Well, I wonder if Reggie Jackson would have been as great if he would have, would have gone by Reginald Jackson. Sounds like a Civil War type uh, general. Exactly <laughs> what that sounds like. Uh, all right, Rudolph. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to reread now, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, because I'll look at it completely different. That's nuts, man. So you were at a – seriously, you were at a Christmas party, showed that to people, and now everyone in the world knows who Rudolph is. That's amazing. Well, yeah, absolutely. It just it, it's amazing to think that, you know, something so simple like that could become, you know, such a such a big phenomenon, I guess you'd say. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So also, you know, I, I'm curious, have you ever I, I've seen so many versions of a Christmas carol. You, there's, you know, the cartoon ones with the Muppets. You have the, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse. You've got Scrooge with Bill Murray. You have the original. But I've never read the book. Have you ever read the book, Mark? No, I have never read the book either. The Bill Murray movie is not good. I've seen it multiple oh. times, and I love Bill Murray. I don't think it's like like yeah. I don't. I've never read the book either, but it's it's one of those things you just see it all the time. I, I don't know. So you've never read it, huh? No, and in fact, uh, you know, I have it. I own it. I actually own a very nice copy of it, and I just wanted to look at something. We we were watching the Muppet version with my daughter, who is eight recently, and, you know, they start off, Marley was dead as a doornail. That you must know, or something like that. The Muppets actually have the truest version to the book 
that you're going to find because a lot of the passages that they do is actually literally from the book. So one of these days I'm going to have to go through and, and read that. Dude, dude, if you're going to read it, you got to go all in. So you got to be in your like your den with your your sweater on and your pipe, right? You got to go old school. Maybe you're eating some Werther's Originals and then you're by the fireplace like ha ha ha. And you got to read it like that. It's the only way I'll allow it on this show. Well, then I'm going to have to drive about eight states north if you want me to sit by a fireplace with a sweater on. <laughs> I'd love to see it. I really would. Just, huh. What are you going to do on vacation? I'm going to drive eight states up and get my uh, sweater on. And it's like, it's so great. All right. You and me are going to have to read it and we'll do a book report on it. We'll go to your daughter's class and we'll give our book report on it. We'll do it. Yeah, they probably won't let us in the school, but that's all right. <laughs> so, you know, one one of the best things, obviously, uh, you know, being kids of the 80s, I think we personally, because, you know, you grew up in the 80s, I grew up in the 80s, we had the best toys, because that was the time where things like Transformers, G.I. Joe, uh, He-Man, you know, all of those different things later in the 80s, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Nintendo Entertainment System came out in the mid to late 80s. So what what was like the thing that you remember that you either really wanted or that you got that, you know, it was like that Christmas thing? Here's what I will tell you. Growing up as a little kid, I'd go to my grandma's house and she would have like the JCPenney and Sears catalog ad. Do you remember this? Like this? Oh, I love those. Oh, man. This was the coolest thing. Remember, there's no internet yet. And you're like a kid. So... You would see, and those catalogs were thick, like a phone book and you'd go through them and they'd have everything in there, but it, you know, it'd be like adult, you know, clothing. They'd have like weird parts, like hunting guns and, you know, sleeping bags and basketball courts and all these things, like the Tonka trucks you could get as a kid. And like, you'd have all the action figures in there for Ninja Turtles and GI Joe and and, like, you'd have all the video games. Like, what Nintendo games? Sega Genesis. Like, I would love. When we go to our grandma's, it'd be in her kitchen. And I would look at those catalogs. And that was the coolest thing ever. And kids now will never experience that. Because it's like, everything is so instant with getting the deals and going to the websites. Did you go through that, Tim? Because I love that experience. Oh, Mark, I'm so glad you brought up the catalogs. When we would get the pennies and the Sears catalog... That It would be like studying them, like I was studying for a test. You'd circle things, and you'd, my parents would sometimes order from the catalog, but it was at least the way for them to find out what, what I wanted to put on Santa's list. Sometimes they would go locally to – we had a store called Zare, which is now a Home Depot on Merritt Island. You know, People who have been in Brevard County for four decades are going, I remember Zare. And she would put things in layaway and then, you know, in September so we could get them. But, Mark, I love those catalogs. They were the best. And I, I can still remember there's one catalog that sticks out. It was in 1988, and it was when the sequel to Castlevania, Castlevania Two, was coming out. And it had just one frame grab of it. And, you, you know, back then, again, like you said, there was no Internet. So all I had that I knew was there was a sequel coming out, and I saw one picture of it, and it was the screen grab in that catalog. So, Mark, you're right. J.C. Penney says, and I just read a sad thing that Sears only has like six stores left in the United States, but there was a time where they were Amazon before Amazon. Can I just go buy the Sears store on Babcock, the one that's abandoned? <laughs> Can I just go there? Can we do that this holiday season and turn it into like 
the ultimate studio for Mark. Come on, Tim. Let's make it happen this holiday season. Let's do it. Oh, you know what? I'm sure the lease probably can't be that much. That building's been vacant there in Melbourne, Florida. So this is a statewide podcast. So let's let people know. Melbourne, Florida, Babcock Street. <laughs> but uh, that, that building's been empty for somewhat 10, 15 years, if not more. We could probably, I wonder if we could turn that into Tim and Mark's Nerd Toy Hall of Fame. Oh, now we're talking. I like it. Now, I'll I'll just tell you, like, as a kid, like, you know, just... I think of like, oh, I'd get like a, a VHS tape or, you know, like sports stuff, you know, like, oh, I got new basketball or, you know, they, but it's just, you know, it's funny. I remember being a 10 year old getting video games and now I'm 40 and I'm still buying video games on Black Friday. It's really like the bears disappointing me in the fall and buying video games are the two consistent of my life. That's what I've learned on your podcast, buddy. <laughs> Well, you know, the one thing that I I will always remember, and it's actually about six feet from where I'm sitting in my home office where I'm taping this podcast, Christmas of 1984, I was seven years old. I got my Optimus Prime, the original, the one that started it all. And, you know, that's probably the one thing that I've taken with me. But, you know, that's the great part about having kids now, Mark, because I have an eight-year-old, so I still get to buy toys and make people think it's for her. No. No, it's you. I remember I got... Like, you're going super old school. So I remember getting Optimus Prime one year. That was awesome. Uh, I think one of my, like, earliest memories is getting that A-Team van as well. Because I love the A-Team. Now, if I, who knows where that thing is now. If I still had it, it's probably worth a lot of money. Like, (laughs) you know. The thing, here's what I'll tell you what really drives me crazy. Is when we were kids, you'd get the video games. And the Nintendo, it'd come in a box but what would we do? We'd open it up, take the cartridge out, and just throw away the box. If you have those boxes now, those are worth a lot of money, Tim. But no one has them. Like no one. Like if you like if you look up, like if you have a Super Mario Brothers three still in the box in mint condition, it might go for like five hundred thousand dollars. Like what? See, there's the problem. I do actually still have mine in the boxes, but they're fairly beat up. Yeah, they're really beat up. So Th- those games got those games got played a lot. But yeah, y- you know, you speak of the A team, uh, and I, you know, for those who have heard me on your show, because I go on your show every Thursday. Real quick, Mark, where can people listen? Yeah, if you want to listen online, just go to sportsradio1560.com for the live stream, three to six Eastern, and then also the podcast is on there if you missed anything. So thanks. Absolutely. And we'll be plugging that more as we go. And it was in the intro too. So, but anyhow, I, you know, my, my slogan every Thursday I'm on Mark's show and I always close out by saying, I love it when a plan comes together, Hannibal's slogan. And, uh, you know, I heard that recently Mr. T actually reached out to the U S men's soccer team over in Qatar to give them words of encouragement. So how cool would that be? It was before the Iranian game. I wonder if he just said, I pity the Iranians. Oh, look, I told you this story on my show, but for your listeners. So when I was in maybe the sixth or seventh grade, there was like a diner right by my school. So we did is after school, you we took city buses back to my neighborhood. I know that's crazy to say now for children, but I had to go to the bathroom. There was a diner right there at the, at the stop, at the bus stop. So I went inside. I had to go to the bathroom. In one of the booths was Mr. T. He was there by himself eating like a sandwich. And Tim, I wish you're with me, but we didn't know each other yet. 
Um, he was, he had the Mohawk, he had the gold chains on and he was eating by himself. And I said, Oh man, Mr. T. And he's like, Hey, so I, I really experienced it. He really is Mr. T in real life. It really happened. I'm sorry. You were not with me, Tim. I'm sorry. But yeah, Mr. T obviously from the Chicago area is his arm was his arm as thick as you. Yes. Well, that doesn't say much. You've seen me, but, uh, yes, like. It was the only thing that could top that is if Optimus Prime was eating a sandwich alone. That would be too much for you. But yes, I have met Mr. T. Homer Simpson never met him, but I met him. So that's right. Here on your podcast. Yeah. And of course, I've met Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime. So that was really cool. That was in 2013 when they were opening the Transformers ride at Universal Studio. And I was at the uh, media event for that. So you've met Mr. T. I have met Optimus Prime. If you never met Tim Walters before, there's there's something you need to know about him. There's two moments in his life, right? The the real ones where it's like, okay, he got married and he had his kid. Those are probably like, you know, th- those are up there. But you know what's also up there? How he met Ric Flair and the voice of Optimus Prime. They might be right up there in the in the hierarchy of great Tim moments. Yeah, well, you know, we'll have to talk about the Ric Flair thing in another time. Even It's a fun story, but not a Christmas story. <laughs> Although it was a Festivus miracle. It really was. <laughs> so, you know, the, we'll, we'll talk about a couple other Christmas things and some NFL here, Mark. You know, we, we were also watching recently. We watch all of the Christmas specials with my kid because my wife and I love them as children. We were watching Frosty the Snowman. And, you know, because I'm a sports person and I'm always breaking things out into lists, I started wondering, like, top five, is Frosty a top five Christmas song? And then we started trying to list out Christmas songs. There are so many Christmas songs, but, you know, it's hard to it's hard to verbalize all of them. But would Frosty be a top five Christmas song? Does it say anything about Christmas in the song? That's the question. I don't know if it does. I think it's more about the snowman. But then people think of it as a Christmas song at the same time. I could say yes. I mean, there's so many great songs that you can go over. It's not, it's not one of my favorite songs, but it's a good kind of like family song that you can sing with little kids. And everyone knows, like, it's funny you bring up Rudolph and Frosty. Those are both great characters for Christmas, but Frosty could just be a winter song, right? In theory. Yeah, that's true. You know, maybe one of the worst songs I've ever heard is in the Frosty sequel where John Goodman is singing. That one is just dreadful. Uh, whoo, uh, Mr. Grinch, you know, I mentioned in the introduction, Thurl Ravenscroft singing You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. I, I think that that's another one of the... So maybe we break them into cartoon categories where you have Fruitoff and Rosti, uh, Frosty and Mr. Grinch. But then when you start looking at you know, other Christmas songs, of course, Bing Crosby and White Christmas and things like that. But what about more modern ones? Like, I think Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC should be a top fiver. That is a good song. I like that. No, while you were talking about the snowman, I think about the one horrible horror movie I saw once called Jack Frost, where it's a knockoff on uh, the Chucky movies, Child's Play, where a murderer turns into a snowman and starts killing people in a town. Is that Christmas era? <laughs> Where do we go from there? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry I had to go there. Um, All right. So what is your top five? What did your wife and you come up with then uh, for the list? I want to hear this. Yeah. So here's our cartoon Christmas songs. Obviously, there's Rudolph, Frosty, Mr. Grinch. 
We both like the Heat Miser and Snow Miser from The Year Without a Santa Claus. Are you familiar with this one? No, I've never heard that song. Oh, you've got there are two of them. There's the Heat Miser and then there's the Snow Miser and they're uh, stepbrothers, one for winter and one for summer. And uh, I guess you would have to watch A Year Without a Santa Claus. But the, the next one, this is one my wife put on the list. And this is actually a very nice song. It's from the Polar Express. When Christmas Comes to Town. It's a very kind of like sweet song, but my wife, she's a music teacher, so she absolutely loves that one. I think Rudolph's better than all those songs, if we're going to really break it down. Uh, it, I think the best Christmas song, and there's a lot of them, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I think that's the best one of them all. But. Can that only be played right after Thanksgiving? Because what about when it actually does look a lot like Christmas in mid-December? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> I don't I don't get the Mariah Carey hype for Christmas songs. I feel like there's something wrong in my brain. And trust me, there's many things wrong with my brain. But I just I just never felt it. And I don't see this. Is my, I think a lot of people are with me. I like the original Christmas songs. I don't like it where it's like, oh, Christina Aguilera's got a version of it that we're like, no, 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 no. Give me the originals. How about you, Tim? Well, see here, I, I believe it or not, Mark, I have another top five list. I can sling these at you all day. All right, go for it. <laughs> all right, so these are my top five Christmas songs from famous musicians. And I already mentioned, and this is in no order, but uh, Christmas and Hollis by Run DMC. I love Feliz Navidad by Jose Feliciano. Great Christmas song. I do too. What do you got at three then? Oh, I love Bruce Springsteen's version of Santa Claus is coming to town. Man, he's grunting that out. But for some reason, it sounds really good. Yeah, that is a good song. I, I like that one as well. That's good. I go with the uh, Trans-Siberian Orchestra song, Christmas Eve, Sarajevo, 1224. And I actually, uh, you know, I, I'm one of those people that go way back before Trans-Siberian Orchestra. They were born out of a band out of Tampa named Sabotage with a V, Sabotage. But uh, they had that song on an album in 1996 called Dead Winter Dead. And then it got radio play. They kind of transitioned over to Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And I've seen them play, gosh, three or four times. You got to go see them live. They're amazing. What's number one then? Oh, Come All Ye Faithful by Twisted Sister off A Twisted Christmas from 2006. They take We're Not Gonna Take It and somehow perfectly fit Oh, Come, O Ye Faithful, over the exact music solo and everything. Mark, it is genius, brilliant, fantastic, and wonderful. Only you would say this. It, it fits your character so well. It really does. I will throw in one that you're not going to think of. I love it so much, and I'm so happy he made it. I like Adam Sandler's The Hanukkah Song, because in the song, he talks about, hey, you don't get to do Christmas so let's celebrate what we get to do. So I think it's really cool. And then he constantly updates it with new celebrities. And I love, I mean, like I love Adam Sandler for the Thanksgiving song, which everyone can sing to. And I think, I think universally, I think Christians as well, like hearing the Hanukkah song as well. I love that song. I really do, Tim. You're right. That is an all-time classic. I've seen so many of the great comedians going back to George Carlin and people like that, but Adam Sandler's one who I have not yet seen in person, but I can't wait to see him at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you have a good list. You always have these great lists. You really do. You're like a Batman villain. You're, you're not the Riddler because he's got riddles. You have lists. Like, you're the Listler or something. That's what we should call you on here. 
Yeah, great. My superpower is making top five lists. Great. <laughs> like, like Batman. Like, you know, like every Batman one where he's tied up and, you know, he's he's hanging in front of the chemicals and the, the villain's going to throw him into the vat and he's going to die. And then you're going to show up and be like, guess what, Batman? I have a top five list for you. <laughs> exactly what it'll be. And then I'll die. <laughs> exactly what it'll be. I made it like it's Adam West Batman as well. So it'll be. <laughs> Old chum. Exactly what it'll be. Well, you know, let, let, let's transition over to movies for a minute, because obviously I, I have some uh, top fives and thoughts on movies. But, you know, we're not going to do the Is Die Hard a Christmas movie, because that's been argued too much. But I think over time it just has become a Christmas movie. But I do want to share one line in that movie, Mark, that I just don't think would get made in modern day as it was in 1988. When his wife, Holly, is at the Christmas party and the pregnant uh, secretary says to her, Miss Gennaro, do you think the baby could handle a little sip of champagne? And she looks at her and says, that baby's ready to tend bar. What does that mean? <laughs> Holy cow. That's insane. And I'm having, of all the lines, that's the one you love the most. <laughs> I think that's the one that sticks out the most now in in 2022 as opposed to 1988. She may as well have been smoking a cigarette when she said that. Okay, so yippee Kaye, you know what? That line is – it's such a dated line because in the movie he says something about Roy Rogers and that – and then it was like, oh, you're an American cowboy. Like like Roy Rogers. I don't think anyone young even knows that reference. You know him saying Yippee Kaye, but that's why he said because Roy Rogers, Yippee Kaye, and then adds the you know what after it. That's what's weird with that line. Yeah, one time on USA Network we caught that movie censored and he said Yippee Kaye, Master Farmer. All right. I will when I see you at your Christmas party, I am gonna yell that Master Farmer right to your face, and then I'll give you a wink and you'll know what I'm saying. That's what it'll be. Please do. So do you have do you have a movie or, or even five movies that you try and watch at Christmas that to you or what is your best Christmas movie? Okay. So growing up in Chicago, the movie that was filmed right by me and and the actor is pretty much the same age as me is Macaulay Culkin in Home Alone. So that was shot the north side like the north suburbs of Chicago. Is it Kennelsworth? It might be that. And it's all those homes. Are, it's a real rich neighborhood. And if you watch Home Alone, you look at those houses. You're like, what did the McAllisters do for a living? Were they drug lords? Like what? Like they're all mansions. I don't blame the wet bandits for trying to rob all those homes. They're mansions. So it's right off Green Bay Road. And you watch the movie. And even there's that scene. And I know you've seen it where. You know, he's running away from the wet bandits and he goes to that little park and they're they're ice skating and you know, uh Kevin McAllister slides away and he get like all that's filmed. I know I grew up right by where all that is and I remember seeing that as a kid and it's funny uh, the plot is like he's home alone and then he's defending the home. Like stand your ground. It's funny, my whole family saw it and they're like, "Mark, you could do that." I was 10 at the time and they're like, "Yeah, Mark, you get that done." It makes me laugh even now. Oh, yeah, Mark could do that. I was a 10-year-old, but that's what they thought of me. So I hold that in high regard. So thank you, uh, Moses family. I could come along and save you by giving them a top five list. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Uh, yeah, that's 
I like that one. I don't know. The diehard thing, I agree with you. It's just, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. We had this discussion at work. What are the newer movies that have really, like, become classics? And, you know, like, Elf with Will Ferrell is one they show all the time. And that movie's from 20 years ago. That's good. You know, Christmas Vacation's always good. I, I just love when the grandma shows up and she's got the cat as a present in the box. That gets me every time. Um Trying to think other ones where they're actually Christmas movies. Well, also just the Hallmark Channel, just how it's the same plot over and over again. I give them credit for making all that garbage. I really, it's just, it's the plot to Sweet Home Alabama, and they've redone it 9,000 times. That is something I really respect. That is my answer, Tim. Yeah, after 75 movies with Candace Cameron Burr, apparently she's not making them there anymore. But, you know, she did get 75 or so of those made. Can it be where, like, we should flip it where it's the guy who goes back to the small town? Can we do that as the plot? Or is that not allowed? Or maybe the guy that goes to the big city. Ooh, I like this. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Can I star in this movie? It'd be really good. It'll be me and Tiffany Amber Thiessen from Saved by the Bell. That'll be my love interest. Can we make this happen? Yes, Mark. I, I have her on speed dial. As soon as we're done taping this, I'll be on the phone with her. All right. What's your favorite movie? Christmas, then. You, you nailed four of my five, because in my top five, I had Scrooge, Christmas Vacation, Die Hard, and Elf. But I would also add that one of my favorites is the original from 1947, Miracle on 34th Street. It's such a clever movie. I enjoy the acting. I enjoy how the people talked and dressed back then. But also the idea of just putting Santa on trial for lunacy. There's something that tickles me about that. The one from the 70s, the one from the 90s, neither of them are very good. But the original is fantastic. Well, It's a Wonderful Life has to be the best one, right? I mean, come on. It's I think that movie's phenomenal. And what's crazy about it is... I believe when the movie came out, it was panned by critics and like, they're like, this is stupid. And then it just, it's just like, everyone knows that movie. Can I have that as my favorite of all time? Yes, I will permit this. <laughs> well, and you know, you mentioned newer movies. My daughter loves the animated, the, the like computer generated Grinch that came out about three or four years ago with Pharaoh Williams. That one's pretty good. And then if there's one movie from, I think it's from 2018-ish or 2017, the sequel to Daddy's Home. Daddy's Home 2 with Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg. But it's a it's set at Christmas time, and Mark Wahlberg's father is played greatly by uh, Mel Gibson. And then they get John Lithgow to play Will Ferrell's father. And it is just, it's such a funny movie. John Cena makes a really good appearance in that movie. So if you haven't seen that marker, you know, I, I'd recommend you can watch the first one, but the second one is hilarious, even if you haven't seen the first one. All right, the two the two movies that are so god awful that they're now classics is first off the Star Wars Christmas special, which is so bad. It's so bad that people love it. And the other one for some reason is Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Simbad, where it's so bad. But I think people just love it after a while, Tim. Both of them. I've never seen that one. And, you know, Conan O'Brien used to make fun of Jingle All the Way so bad in the late 90s and early 2000s. If you used to watch him on the Late Late Show or whatever it was after uh, after Jay Leno. But yeah, every night he would have some sort of joke making fun of Jingle All the Way. Yeah. I You've never seen it? All right. You and your daughter have to watch it. He has to get a Turbo Man for his son. You're going to have to watch it. It's terrible. <laughs> 
I'll mark that down for next year then. So I've got to watch that movie and I have to read A Christmas Carol. Good. All right. I've got a checklist going. So before we close out here, Mark, there is a full slate of NFL games. I promised people we would touch on the NFL games. It's been six years since we've had NFL on Christmas Day, but really the full slate is on Christmas Eve. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to look at some of these, but you know, on, on Christmas Eve, there's a, you know, there's a really good matchup. You've got the Eagles versus the Cowboys. Christmas Day, you've got the Packers and Dolphins, the uh, Bucks and Cardinals. But I did notice on Christmas Eve, there's an 8 o'clock game. But Santa's not going to miss much. It's the Raiders and Steelers. So he can start his flight then, right? Yeah, I, I think he'll be fine. And honestly, so what'd you say? Cowboys, Eagles? Whoo, man, You Thanksgiving Day, when it was Giants, Cowboys, that had 45 million households watching. The highest rated ever regular season NFL game. There might be a, uh, that might even have bigger TV ratings if you have everyone at home and the Cowboys and Eagles are that good. It might break those TV ratings. Yeah, that's going to be a great matchup because, I mean, look, that, that one's probably going to help determine what happens in the NFC East where you have three really good teams. You know, that Packers-Dolphins game will be interesting only because, you know, the Dolphins, they're still in a dogfight with both the Jets and the Patriots. But, you know, Mark, this probably isn't going to be a good Christmas present for you. The Bears are hosting the Buffalo Bills on Saturday night, Christmas Eve. I say uh, move the game to 7 a.m. Let's get it over with. Just come on. Just like a dentist appointment, the earlier the better. Just get it over with, and then we don't have to think about it ever again. That's my game preview. Let's ship that game to Qatar so it can start nice and early. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) I love it. No idea how to follow that one up. So, you know, Mark, I think we've done a pretty good job of breaking down Christmas, music, songs, movie, NFL. Anything else you want to throw out there before I let you go? Hey, I just hope everyone has a great holiday season with family and friends. And that's what it's all about. I know it's been a crazy couple of years. And I don't know. It's just it's one of those things where this this year has flown by And I just hope everyone has a great time, especially you, Tim. And uh, let's have a great 2023. That's how I look at it. Absolutely. And one more time, tell the people where they can listen to you, because I highly recommend 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, Mark Moses. As you've heard on this show, he is amazing, great voice. And look him up. He's probably pretty good looking, I think. Uh, I appreciate the checks in the mail or Apple Pay, whatever whatever you accept. Uh, Yeah, just go to sportsradio1560.com, and you can check out my rock station at 95.9. Rocket.com. That's the easiest way to do it. Yeah, you got to play White Snake Still of the Night as much as possible. D- Look, my mother the other day was at this thing in Deland, and a woman came up and she had a white snake around her neck. An actual snake that was white. And I was like, haha, steal the night. She's like, what are you talking about? Oh, that's right. Only Tim would get that reference. Damn it. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> so now I need a white snake to go along with my white Christmas. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me, buddy. I appreciate it. Certainly, Mark. I hope you have a great holidays and thank you to everybody out there for listening and for hopefully joining me on all 92 episodes of this podcast. So that's going to do it for this episode of the State of Florida Sports Podcast. I'm Tim Walters and a quote from Clement Clark Moore's A Visit from St. Nicholas. I heard him exclaim ere he drove out of sight. Happy Christmas to all, and to all a good night.